Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Airline Baptist Church. So glad to have you here uh, this morning uh, in the Lord's house on this cool Sunday morning. Beautiful day out there, uh, but thankful to have you here. I know we still got some more that are going to be trickling in uh, coming from life groups uh, uh, and excited about that, what God is doing in those groups as well. We talked about those last week, but I'm uh, Clint, one of the pastors here at Airline, and we're excited that you're here. We're going to Go to the word in prayer. Go to the Lord in prayer, uh, and then we'll jump right in to uh, today's service to to honor Him. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for who you are, God. Even how real you've been already this morning, God. Just reading in your Word the importance of prayer, God. And it's on my heart this morning that that we come to you in prayer, uh, knowing that you are the one who and the only one who can answer those prayers. So God, I pray that uh, this morning that you move in a way that only you can move as we talk about uh, what you've given us this morning, this vision from you. God, we pray for our, our team as they're behind us as they stand and lead us in worship. God, let us do um, <laughs> let us do what you would have us do as we enter into your holy gates this morning. Lord, let us do that with praise and thanksgiving that we're even allowed to be here. So God, be with us. Lord, as we uh, as begin this service, and just let us be uh, who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Let's all stand together, and let's begin this day with uh, singing and praising. And listen, I want y'all to, to let it go today, okay? I think you know everything we're singing, so come on out, and let's sing together. Worship our King. Sing. Come, let us bow. 
and you know he can do it all again. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you. Amen. Praise God. We want to we want to uh, spend a little time. I, I want us to read something. Um, but before we do, if we could take just a minute, Brother Clint, just he, he, he spoke a word this morning about the importance of prayer. And I'm walking around this morning, even before we came in here this morning, walking around to a few classrooms of some things that are going on in people's lives. Uh, some, some serious things that only God can move in. And, and we've got time. I, you know, let, we can just take all the time we want to. Let's, let's go into a, a time of prayer right now for some special folks who really need a touch. I mean, there's multiple in here, and, I, and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to name some names, but I know there's many others in here whose name I may not mention. We, we need to pray for Mr. Clark. He's not here this morning. He's, he's had trouble for the last several weeks. He needs a touch in his life. And we need to pray for Miss Kathy Conley. Brother Doyle's heartbroken. He's, he's having to do a lot of things for her that you just don't ever get prepared to do for a wife or for a husband. But we need to pray for Miss Kathy and pray for Doyle. We need to pray for Bradley. We all know Bradley, what he's going through. We need to pray for Carolyn, uh, a special touch there. And there's many, many others in this room this morning that I know need God to touch, God to move in their life. So listen, let's, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed together this morning and let's just let's just lift up him today okay and calling on the mighty holy name of our God our Father in heaven to do what only you can do God what only you can do great things things that sometimes we, we we may not bring things to you because God we think they're too too great or we bring things to you sometimes even because we think they're too small God, they're all small for you. And so for those who are needing help this morning with their physical conditions, pray you'd give them relief. God, pray you'd touch their bodies. Pray that you'd help them work in their life. And for those giving care to them, God, I, I specifically lift up these, Miss Eunice, 
Brother Doyle, Carolyn, and all the family there. Pray you'd, you'd bless them, give them strength to give care where it's needed. God, for all the others who have burdens on their heart and on their minds this morning, God, whatever it may be, knowing, God, that you're capable beyond even what we can think or ask. Your word tells us, God, you, you know what we need before we even ask. But, God, we lift them up to you. Our hearts are burdened. There's things on our heart today, God, that we just pray for a special touch from you and look for you to move and work in that. And so, God, we just ask all these things, believing in the strong and the powerful, the faithful name of Jesus Christ. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us so much that you care about everything that we're involved in. And God, we want to give you praise this morning, too. We're excited about Brother Zach coming in a few weeks. Pray, God, you'd work in his life. God, I pray that you'd bless him and Whitney as they move, as they, God, as they prepare their family for this move here, Lord, and, and prepare our hearts as they come in to lead us and guide us. God, your will be done in this place today, God. We want to lift you up and give you praise above all things. In Jesus' holy name we pray, and all of his people here says, amen, amen. Thank you. Let's, listen, I want us to read this together. We used to do this. <laughs> this, is, this may be a little bit old school, but it's scripture. We used to do this, a form of this, responsive reading. But listen, this is, this is scripture. This is Psalm 121. I had the privilege to, to speak to some kids at FCA this week at White Sulphur, and, and this, this verse just kept speaking to me. I just couldn't get away from it. So listen, let, let's read this together, okay? And then I want us to sing this, this wonderful, wonderful song together. Read it with me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen.
That's a good song. Beautiful song.
I can face tomorrow. Amen.
God, you are, you are the only hope that we have in this world and beyond this world. God, so we just give you all the praise this morning. Father, we love you. Look forward to the time together we have as Brother Clint comes now, God, to break the, the bread of life to us and, and preach the word that you've given him for us to hear today. God, we love you. Thank you. And you have your will and your way and everything that's done in the remainder of our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Uh, I love that song. I think of that song. I think of what Paul said, to know Jesus Christ and him crucified and, and the hope that comes from that, the fact that uh, <laughs> they thought they had him, but he, he rose from the dead. And I'm so thankful for that as we uh, get to celebrate that this morning and every morning if you're a believer of Jesus Christ. And I pray this morning that you have a relationship with him. If not, I pray that today before we leave this place uh, that, that God will change that radically in your heart as you have a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus Christ, with God and his word uh, this morning. And this morning we're excited. I think I was telling uh, Rick and Brother Nelson, I shared this with Michelle, my wife, last night, that, that, that we have a passion pastor coming. Uh, this is like I have this Sunday and the next Sunday we will uh, hopefully faithfully stand and share what God has given us and then Pastor Zach is coming and we're excited about that. Uh, but today, this morning, we're going to end uh, a three-week series. I don't really like to call it a series, but a three weeks of, of talking about the vision that God has given us as believers. And this morning, we're going to be in familiar scripture. Uh, you can begin turning, if you want to, to Philippians 1. Uh, it's there in the New Testament, about midway is the New Testament, and, and so definitely stuck between Ephesians and Colossians there. So uh, a small book, if you've got small print in your Bible, you'll flip right over it, I promise you. Uh, so we're going to be in Philippians 1, reading verses 27 through 30, and then we'll talk about those for a few minutes. So if you are capable and if you are able, I'm asking you to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. So we will read Philippians 1, uh, 27 through 30. 30. And the Bible says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear, a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Lord, we pray asking you to speak this morning through your servant, uh, this vessel, God, that, that you saved, that you radically saved, that you sent your son to the cross to. I'm thankful for that. Uh, and this morning, I'm thankful that, that you give us the opportunity to share, Lord, your word, your message, your vision, if you will, through uh, me. So God, remove me, not that uh, anyone can see me but you uh, this morning. God, we love you and we thank you for this challenge this encouragement, this empowerment, God, that we can get from this text this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So, um, 
As I was thinking about this text, obviously, and, and again, we're in this, this little three-week uh, group of sermons coming together, have you ever thought or wondered, I mean, you know, uh, I, I get the opportunity to go and you be around guys that maybe you haven't seen for a while, or if there's overnight at the hunting camp or, or overnights with staff, and you know, you we, we had one recently, we had a camp up in... Um, um, in Cleveland, Georgia, over the Christmas break, and and it was just even though it was kind of well, it was very cold, and just to see guys sitting around the fire talking about and telling tales and stories, you know, of of things that have happened, and so as I was looking at this text and and thinking about the tales that will be told uh, in the age to come when the Lord has come, uh, and the judgment is past, and the kingdom is established and, and all sin and misery are gone forever and the world is new. What will we talk about when we gather together? What tales will we tell to each other? Will we be telling tales of grace, stories of grace, the grace of God and the history of his redemption for us? Will we tell stories about God's power and mercy in the lives of people, especially people, especially the people who dreamed and planned and labored and struggled and fought and suffered for the advancement of the gospel? Will we with, and this was convicting to me, with sweet tears, because I do believe he will take the painful tears away, but with sweet tears, tears in our eyes talk about the times when we were fearful and gave no witness to Christ. The times when we planned our, our dream vacations uh, thoroughly and, and we did those things, but, but we dreamed no dreams of uh, attempting anything great or small for the gospel. Uh, and they will be sweet tears because in those days we remember how the patience of God did not forsake us in those days the way it could have at any moment. But instead, little by little, more and more, God's patience made us love Jesus Christ so much that we began to strive for the gospel. We will sit and tell a thousand tales of how God made us willing to do something for the advancement of the gospel. And you can mark it down, I believe this with all my heart, with complete certainty that the worldly things, the worldly things that so completely consume most of us will be totally forgotten. Mark it down. The things that consume our thoughts of the way this world is and how unfair it is and how messed up it is, those thoughts will be gone forever. But the power and the grace of God that moved you, moved me, to tell the gospel to an unbeliever and pray for their conversion will be told in the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Those will not be forgotten. And the grip of God's mercy that made you or me run our business or, 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 or perform our job for the glory of Jesus Christ will be sung in the ballads in the age to come. So the biblical evidence for all this is a glimpse we get in the book of Revelations. If you look at Revelations 15, 3, and it says, And they sang the song of Moses, 
the servant of God. In the song of the Lamb saying, great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord, God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. So the songs of the new earth will be about the exploits of Moses and Jesus and surely all the other saints like you and me. Surely, surely none of God's work will be forgotten. And you can be sure that the history we talk about in the kingdom of God will be different than the history we talk about today. The great people will not be those in a political office, but it will be the missionaries. Um, the weapons will not be about nuclear weapons or guns. The weapons will be the gospel. That's the things we will talk about. And the main institution will not be the government, but the church. The big C church we talk about a lot. And the anecdotes that give it all color and smell of real life will be the stories of mine and your faith. Staying true and how one night in your life, maybe you, you dreamed up a way to share the gospel. And you had the courage and the endurance and the strength to see it through. Because we hear about this in the Bible too in Mark 14, because a woman came to Jesus in Bethany and poured some real costly ointment on his head. And this is what Jesus said about that very simple, obscure, loving act. He said in Mark 14, 9, and truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And if Jesus means for such a story like that to be told around the world, then when time is no constraint anymore and memory doesn't fail us, will not your story and my story be told just like hers if we're faithful? I believe it will. I believe it will. And the most thrilling tales of all will be the stories of how the gospel spread, conquering unbelief through the likes of unlikely people like us. Because who am I? Who are you? We're just a vessel that God wants to use. So today, we're looking at the third reason I believe we exist as a church, or for that matter, any believer. We've said this is a vision from God and from his word as to why we exist. Two weeks ago, we talked that we, we, we exist to savor the vision of God in worship. We use Psalm 63, and we talked about that, that David, running for his life, woke up early in the morning, and, and he was thirsty for God. He had a thirst that could be only quenched by him, and he remembered him from afar. And in that, in that prayer that he had, God came to him and was very present and close, and, and David feasted on him. So we do that in worship. And then last week, we talked about to strengthen the vision of God in nurture and fellowship. And we talked about what that looked like. We're locking arms together in small groups and, and Wednesday night. I mean, you guys showed out big time this last Wednesday night, and I thank you for that. In life groups this morning, we've already had conversations with people, where do I get plugged in in a life group? Because I may want to come. Praise God as we grow together. So this morning, the last thing we'll look at is to spread the vision of God through evangelism and missions. Now, 
in, fo in focusing on this and the commitment to spread the vision of God to those in this city and around the world whose eyes have never seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, our text is Philippians 1. We've read that already, 27 through 30. And the point of the text is simply to, uh, to, to show us how to live worthily of the gospel. Verse 27, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. But before we look at that text that's telling us how to live worthily of the gospel, I want to show you how the gospel relates to a vision of God. Because we exist to savor, strengthen, and spread that vision of God. What then does that have to do with the gospel? Is the spreading of the gospel, and I love to go to God's text when we try to look at something and see what it says, is the spreading of the gospel the same as the spreading of the vision of God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4. It's not going to be up there, but you can flip to it if you want to. But Paul admits that his gospel, the gospel that has radically changed his life, is veiled to some people. He says that. They're blinded in their unbelief by the God of this age, talking about Satan, that verses 3 or 4. But in verses 4 and 6 in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul describes the gospel in terms as a vision of God. In verse 4, near the end of that, he refers to the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the likeness or image of God. So the gospel is a vision of the glory of Christ, which is the very glory of God. Um, so again, that, that now compare this to the verse 6, the end of verse 6. Six, there's a phrase that's almost the same. You almost feel like Paul's repeating himself, but I think it's important for us to notice here. Here Paul refers to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And I think it's important for us to notice these changes between verses 4 and 6. Verse 4 refers to the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And verse 6 refers to the glory of God in the face of Christ. So there's not much difference when we talk about the vision of God in the gospel, we can speak of the glory of Christ as in verse 4 and then relate that to God by saying he is the very image of God so that his glory is also the glory of God. Or we can speak of the glory of God as in verse 6 and then relate that to Christ by saying that it is in the face of Christ so that the glory of God is in fact the glory of Christ. Now, I, I said glory in Christ and God a lot there. So, so here it is, again, I'll tell you this, uh, Johnson High, we're gonna bring all that in, try to make it a little simple here, because it helps me. So, so what is the vision of God in the gospel? It is the portrayal of Jesus Christ as the radiance of the glory of God, so that his person and his work have infinite value. Okay, all of that that we just said in that long paragraph that felt like a run-on sentence. English teachers, I'm sorry. That's what it felt like, and it really kind of is. Uh, but again, that's what it is. So to use the words of John in his gospel in 114, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So that's what... Paul is really talking about in 2 Corinthians that we read there. So I come back to Philippians 1.27, where we're at. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. So if I see in the gospel a vision of God, 
let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel. That is, let it be worthy of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Let your manner of life be worthy of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So when we hear in the gospel that Jesus Christ died to save sinners and rose to conquer death, what we must see and believe is this was, God, this was God's vision. You've got to believe that. You've got to see that this was a vision from God that he, in his infinite wisdom, knew from the beginning of time, before the beginning of time, that this was his vision, that his son, his holy beloved son, was going to go to the cross and bear the sins of you and me and the sins of the world and die and be raised again. That was his vision. We've got to believe that because if we believe that and know that, then it's going to help us when it comes to spreading that vision. Because who in here has been told at work or in life, hey, I need you to go promote this. I need you to, I need you to, uh, Tammy, I need you to sell this for me. Or, 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 or Bobby, I need you to do this. And when you were a firefighter and doing all those things, if you didn't really believe in it, how easy was it to do that? Or how easy is it to do that? It's not. Because there's no part, there's no heart, there's no passion, there's no, because who can see through, I mean, I don't want to ever listen to someone in anything in life who is trying to tell me something, but deep down I can just see it on their face. They don't even believe in what they're telling me. In this world that we live in, this spreading of the gospel that we're talking about, if you go up to someone and you're not passionate about it, I'm not saying yell at them and throw the Bible at them. Maybe you need to. I don't know. But if you're not passionate and you don't truly believe what you're trying to tell them, they'll see right through it. And if you do that without truly believing that foundational thing of what God is telling you, this vision of God, and you're trying to, well, the preacher said I need to go share the gospel. I don't know why. And ain't nobody going to listen to me. I mean, who am I? I don't know what I'm doing, but I mean, I'll just do it. And you just go through it. The, they'll see right through it. And you really harm the gospel more than you help when you do that. Because there's nothing like meeting someone that, that just, man, when you're around them, you're just, man, let's go. I mean, I'm ready to jump down and, you know, whatever. Or I've been around coaches before who, man, he, they get you fired up. It's like I'm 50 and I'm thinking, man, I could lace up for one more play. I got seven seconds in me, Darren, and I might not be able to walk for three weeks after, but I got one play. Put me in coach, right? So because I believe in that. So it's the same way with us. So, so if this is, um, we have to know this because when we hear the gospel that Jesus died to save sinners and rose to conquer death, what we must see and believe is this was God's vision. Christ coming to serve is a vision of God. Christ crucified is a vision of God. Christ rising and reigning is a vision of God. And becoming a Christian is what happens when the light of this vision shines overpoweringly into the heart of a sinner and, it, and it, it, it takes over everything else. All these other things that we think are so important, all these other treasures, if you will, are gone. So now I believe, hopefully I believe, I believe that we're ready to see how Paul describes living worthily of the gospel. So we're going to go back to the text, verses 27 and part of 28. Only... Let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, 
so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. So in that sentence, that one sentence, those part of those that two verses, Paul gives us three marks, three standards, if you will, of living worthily of the gospel. One is standing firm in the spirit. Let me say that again. Standing firm in the spirit. And if God allows uh, next week, my last time standing before Zach, we will be talking about the Holy Spirit next week and what it means to be spirit-led, not man-led. A.W. Tozer got on me this morning in some reading from the man of God, and, and it's pretty special. So, so be ready for that. But here's what it is. Standing firm in one spirit. The text says, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that I may hear you stand firm in one spirit. Not multiple, one. Two, striving for the faith of the gospel with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So one, stand firm. Two, striving for the faith of the gospel. And three, fearlessness in the presence of the enemies. Not frightened in anything by your opponents. That's what the text says. So how could we put these three marks, again, I like to, in one unified statement. And this is what I would say. We are living worthy of the gospel when we are striving for the faith of the gospel with fearlessness and unity. Did y'all hear that? I didn't hear a word. Crickets. Maybe y'all writing down. CJ, you taking notes on your phone? Need to. Notes app. Type it up. Y'all want to hear that again? It's so good. I've read it 37 times this week, probably 10 times this morning. I'm going to read it again. Bobby, you ready? We are living worthy of the gospel when we are striving for the faith of the gospel with fearlessness and unity. Fearlessness and unity. It is possible that the striving for the faith of the gospel refers to the, the zeal and really the vigilance that we should show to strengthen and, and really persevere in our own faith. It's possible, but I don't think that's what Paul has for us here, at least not this morning. The text, can we all know how it speaks to us in different ways. But I, I, I doubt this is what Paul has in mind. I think he has in mind the sorts of efforts that we need to make to spread the faith of the gospel. The reason I think this is because in verse 28, he speaks of the need to be fearless before our opponents. In other words, the situation he has his mind, in mind is something that is public because you have opponents and it is public. Some effort for the gospel that meets with opposition. And in chapter 2, verse 15, he refers to them the, the believers as shining lights in the world in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So this is not something that we do behind closed doors. This is something that is out in the public, and I believe that this is so true. So what Paul is saying, that is, in order to live lives worthy of the gospel, there must be a unified, fearless striving for the faith of the gospel. Unified, fearless striving. 
Unified, fearless striving. An effort in some way to see the gospel spread. Winning more and more to faith in this world of unbelief. So the word that Paul uses for strive here, I'm going to get into the Greek a little bit, is son of Thaleo. You can hear the word athleo in there from which we get our word athlete. Okay, this is important. In the, in the word used in 2 Timothy 2.5 where Paul says an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's also used in Philippians 4.3 where Paul tries to get, listen to these words, Euodea and Sintiki. I looked that up. That's how you said it, because I would have said that. Uh, Eudea and Satiki, who to be reconciled with each other after their dispute. This is what he says. I ask you, true yoke fellow, help these women. Help these women, for they have labored. That's the same word he used there. Side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So this is the same word that he used here. So in these three uses of the word, it's translated strive, labor, and compete. And I believe it has in it this effort that is required of, of discipline and endurance that comes with being an athlete. And I think we all can see that. And this isn't a sports talk, but I just, it's the word and it's what it says. So which I take to mean then that one essential way that we should walk worthy of the gospel is to, is to fix our eyes on the goal of spreading the faith of the gospel and then apply the effort and discipline endurance of an athlete in reaching that goal. You got to work at it. Yeah, Brent, we talking about practice. Some of you older people know what I'm talking about. Because some of these athletes, they get to a certain point, they think they've arrived and they don't have to practice. And last time I checked, we all need practice. Life groups, Wednesday night, Bible studies, discipleship groups. We've got to work at it like an athlete. You can't just show up on game day and think you're ready. There was a time I was an athlete. There's a time I looked like an athlete. And there's a time I competed like an athlete. And I remember, Kirk, when I would show up in January to baseball practice. And then I had Thanksgiving and Christmas and not working. And I would show up, and I, I guarantee you, they knew. Because my coach, Larry Bryant, my pitching coach at Georgia Southern, would kill me. Literally. Thought I was dead because I hadn't been practicing. But see, if I'd have showed up ready, I was ready to go. So again, in this, we have to have that mindset. Because I'm telling you, if if if, if we don't strive to spread the gospel, the faith of the gospel in this way, we're basically treating it as something very cheap. And I promise you it's not cheap. It's very costly. There's no question. If the gospel is a vision of the glory of Christ with, with, without which no one can be saved, it is the most precious thing that anyone can know. To live worthily of the gospel, we simply must become, hear me church, as it were, athletes, men athletes, women athletes, 80-year-old athletes, and 8-year-old athletes. Everyone fits in that. None of us will be measured in, in, in how athletic we are, thankfully, against really those, those athletic powers such as, you know, the Apostle Paul or, or William Carey or, or, or John Wesley. We will be measured... Hear me out. We will be measured against what we could have done. 
what we could have done. Because at the end of the day, I don't need to measure myself up against Pastor Mike. I need to measure myself up with what, what can I do? And Mike is not measuring himself against Chip because it's what Mike can do as God works in and through us. So, so as athletes, we got to get in there and we got to work knowing that we have an opportunity and, and, and it's what we could have done, not by what someone else could have done. And we can all do something. I believe that. If we love the gospel of the glory of Christ. But, but, Brother Nelson, do we, do we love to see the glory of Christ exalted when the gospel is believed? Do we love that? Do we, do we, do we rejoice? Who, who's, and, uh, maybe by showing hand, maybe not, but probably all of us in here as believers, we've been in situations where the gospel has been preached and we see the multitudes, if you will, people come and surrender and give their life to Christ and, 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 and lives radically changed. Some of us have seen that. Some of us have, have, have seen it so much that we, 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 we long for, we strive for, we can't wait to see it again and we'll do whatever it takes. But this mundaneness of life, this busyness of life that we're all guilty of, it fades away. And we just go through the motions and we do these things. But, but Paul is telling us this morning to live worthily of the gospel of Christ. We can't lay, let that fade away. Because again, do we love to see the glory of Christ exalted when the gospel is believed? Or are we more interested in seeing the Braves win the pennant? Or the Georgia Bulldogs to win it again. Who, got, who gets excited on this thing? If you're a Braves fan, nothing like it. I mean, I was crushed when we got put out of the playoffs this year. Crushed. Like I was in a bad mood. And then, you know, I mean, I watch these, these football games and Michelle just looks over like, what's wrong with you and CJ? You know, because, it, I mean, it, it controls us, right? It takes over. But, but, but does these eternally insignificant Sporting events make us want to wave a banner with more athletic vigor than that that we do with the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ? Guilty, been there. And if every one of us in here, if you're a sports fan, you've probably been guilty at some time too. So, so again, if we are going to be about this, I mean, <laughs> when we live worthily of the gospel, we will talk the way I recently read what a foreign missionary said, who's a foreign missionary in the Far East. And this is, this is really pretty cool. Uh, this is what he said. He said, I'm motivated not so much by the need, which is dire, but by the conviction that God is worthy of the worship of every Japanese. Obviously, guys in mission field in, in Japan. Christ is worthy to receive the full reward of his suffering. The Holy Spirit is sovereign enough to use even me in drawing people to God, and the gospel is worthy of acceptance by all. Man, it's pretty powerful. Now, that last phrase is, is, is a great one and, and in the history of missions in the mission field. Andrew Fuller, the 
English theologian back in the 1700s who strongly promoted missionary work. He wrote a book in the 1780s, great book, that has inspired so many missionaries uh, throughout the world to strive for the faith of the gospel. It's called The Gospel Worthy of All Acceptance. The Gospel Worthy of All Acceptance. A great book. Therefore, we exist as a church, not to just savor the vision of the glory of God in the face of Christ, and not just to instill and deepen and clarify that vision, but to spread that vision. I was thinking about that, you know, spreading the vision. What does that look like? And, you know, what, what would it be to, man, just really get after it? I'm talking all in, spreading the vision, being spirit-led. And it took me to Acts 5.28 because the apostles, they were on fire. They'd been filled by the Holy Spirit. And they went about doing what God would have them to do. And in Acts 5.28, it says, We strictly charge you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. See, they were challenged. They were told not to, not to preach the name of Jesus, not to teach what he had, not to spread the vision of God. But they went about doing it anyway. And the religious leaders are like, man, you filled all of Jerusalem with this. What if that could be said about us, that we filled all of Hall County and beyond with the gospel? Because your and my striving for the faith of the gospel will not be exactly like everyone else. Don't be paralyzed. We've already said this. And in, in, in comparing yourself with others, dream your own dream as God works in those dreams. God wills for you to strive for the faith of the gospel, to do something with effort and discipline and endurance to promote the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So you say, okay. Fine, Clint, I hear you. What does that look like? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, the possibilities are limitless if we, if we get out of the way. And that's the problem. Well, I can't do that. I've never done that. We used to do that. Why am I doing that? Blah, blah, blah. It's always I, 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 I. And, and, and if we are going to spread the vision of God, and why are we spreading it? Because first of all, we, we've, we've worshipped this vision of God, and then we're nurturing one another in this vision of God, and then we're going to spread it. Because if, if you get a hold of something that's really good, I want to, I want to let other people have some of it. Because it's, it's so, so good. So, if God wills for us to strive for the faith of the gospel, let's do something with the effort and discipline and endurance to promote the light of the gospel. We've got to do that. So this, this, this may be that who, who in here, these are, you say these are just small little tasks. Who in here likes getting a little, a little card or a little note in the mail of encouragement? Does anybody like that? You may be called to do that. That may be what you're called to do, a way to spread the gospel. Because we all have this small sphere of influence, but, but just a little note, just a little something that, that someone will, will drop on your desk and it, and it ain't that big. And you think, well, I can't open that until I have glasses around because it's so small, but you open it up and it's so big. 
Because if someone says, I just appreciate you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. What can I do to help you? Things like that. So maybe, maybe that's something. Maybe, maybe it's in, in hospitality somewhere. Maybe it's serving somewhere in the neighborhood doing hospital. Maybe it's here on a first impression team, or or maybe maybe it's uh, you know you you in your neighborhood, or, or you're sharing books that you've read. There's nothing like that I like better. I know you got bookshelves and we fill them with books, but what good are they there? Why not read a good book that's radically changing? Hand it to somebody. Hey, you need to read this. Why are you holding on to it? Or 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 it's visiting the nursing homes. And I struggle in that. As a pastor, I do. I mean, I'll go and I know it's what I'm called to do, but I struggle in visiting. I really do. I'm just sharing my weakness with you. I'm not saying I don't, but I struggle with it. But I have to be motivated. I have to be, Darren, we have to motivate ourselves to go do those things because it's important because we're spreading the gospel, right? That's what we're supposed to do. So maybe, maybe that's you, uh, or you know, visiting a nursing home, or 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 the prisons. Man, some of the best times I've ever had in my life was prison ministry. COVID wrecked that, and we've been trying to get that started back up. But it's it's so good. Or or going to the hospitals. They're looking for people to volunteer all the time, and you can go there and be a light in the gospel. Or or maybe it's in the schools, and you say, well, well, you can't share Jesus in the schools. Mike just shared a testimony he did at White Sulphur last week. Where's my help come from? <laughs> come on. I've been on staff with FCA for 15 years. People say they took prayer and the Bible out of school. I'm here to tell you this morning, they have not. And if you want to lock arms with us and go on a school campus, which I believe is the greatest mission field in the world, let me know. Laura, K Laura Acock's over here. She, she's the East Hall and East Hall Middle, two schools she manages. Maybe it's North Hall, maybe it's Habersham, maybe wherever it is. I can get you plugged in. But you got to be willing to go. You got to be willing to work at it. You got to be willing to do little things. Even in our bulletin, I mean, it's, you know, opening car doors at, at White Sulphur. You say, well, what is that? I don't know. I know it's being the hands and feet of Jesus, doing something, not expecting anything in return. Because if the things I'm talking about you're doing, expecting to get a return, you're in it for the wrong reason. We do it because God has radically changed our life. And, and, and because of our worship of him and because of our worship together, nurturing one another, man, I got to go spread it because it's just too good to hold on to by myself. So is the gospel worthy of all acceptance? Will the church shine like stars, like a light in the midst of a selfish and fearful generation. Because there's many examples of infiltrate in our community. There really is. And, and, and again, I've talked with Pastor Zach about this, and, and he gets here in a couple of weeks, and, and what are we going to do in this community? And I know we've got a, still a lot of work to do internally, right? I mean, we, we all got to grow. We all got to have uh, consistency. We all got to do all these things and, 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 and come together and worship so we can go out. But, but we've talked about this, and there are endless possibilities in this community. And maybe, just maybe, God's been putting a dream of doing something like that in your heart for quite some time, and you just hadn't said anything. Thinking, man, I, I, I ain't going to go talk. That's stupid. Okay. I'm not going to, I don't like to use that word, but what would be stupid is you to hold on to it if God's given you something, not share it with nobody. 
because maybe God's going to use you. Or maybe someone's sitting on the other side of the church this morning. That is exactly what they've been dreaming, that God's been giving them. So let's come together and do that. God, I promise you this in closing, God will honor any little baby step we take as long as we're striving for the faith of the gospel. Now, if you like me, I like to go from A to about L. I don't like B, C, D, E, F, G. I don't like all that. I'm just like, let's go. Pedal to the metal. Here we go. But I do know this. You, I, us, we will never get anywhere if we don't take the first step. Everybody's got to start with A. So let's start, and God will honor that. And I would like today, and I know we've talked about it, but even my devotions this morning was just so just prayer, 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 prayer. It's just over and over in my heart. And, and I want us to close by praying and me praying with you that, that God would take this and all the other possibilities that may exist and fill us with this desire to use them as we live in such a way that we're striving for the gospel. Because if we're striving for the gospel, and you say, what is the gospel? I don't, I don't know what this is. Well, then let me, let me this morning introduce you to this man named Jesus. This man named Jesus who, who radically changed my life, who, who radically wants to change your life. And you say, well, I, I'm too far gone. Okay, come, let's talk about it. I, I definitely relate to Paul in 1 Timothy 1 where he says, I'm the chief of all sinners. And he shares who he was. And I can say that to you this morning. There's things that people in this room have probably done that you are so ashamed of and so like, there's no way God can love me. I promise you, I've done worse. But God in his, in his, in his faithfulness and his mercy reached down and he saved an old wretched person like me and he picked up this, this alcoholic, this drug addict, this sinner who was living the things that he, he thought was right in the world. And he picked me up and he said, no, 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 we're going to clean you up and we're going to set you on the right path because I created you. And I created you to have fellowship with you. And your sin has clouded you. And Satan's put these scales over your eyes. And you can't see right now. And you think you're seeing, but you're not seeing well. And, and I can't really have fellowship with you because you're so far gone in sin. But guess what? I love you anyway. And I love you to the point I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And he went to a cross. And he took your sins and he put them on them and he bore them. He bore them to the point of death. And that that that. That is a free gift. He took the death that you deserve. And, and, and he said, come, follow me. Because on that third day, he did rise. And he's alive. And, and, and he wants a relationship with you. He desired a relationship with me. And that blew my mind. It blew my mind. But man, I surrendered to him. I didn't know what it was going to look like. Miss Kim, I didn't know I was going to be preaching. I didn't know I was going to be doing all these things. All I knew is I just simply wanted to walk with him. I had to take a step. So maybe that's you here this morning. Maybe that's you here this morning that you've just kind of been backslidden. You've been, you've been taking steps, but you've been going the wrong way. You better back up. You back up into something you trip over and fall, right? Maybe you feel like you've fallen down. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, God's ready to pick you up and get you moving in the right direction. And let's do that together. So as they come and, and we pray, my prayer for you this morning is that we 
we, I'm in the we, we understand the importance of instilling the vision of God through evangelism and missions. And you say, well, I don't know what to say. I can't preach the gospel. Good. You're right where God needs you. When you get to the point that you realize you can't, that's right where you need to be. Because it's not I, but him. And it's, it's, it's faithful obedience. And if you have a relationship with him, look at me, eyeballs. Don't look at the 27 people walking on the stage. Look at me. Here we go, right here. Look at me. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the greatest thing you can share with anyone else. When they tried to get the blind man in text to accuse Jesus of doing something wrong, the greatest testimony I've ever heard. He says, I don't know much about that, but I do know this. I was blind and now I see. If you've got that, you've got the gospel living inside of you and you can spread it if you will. Like an athlete. Maybe the only time you ever get to say, man, I'm going to be athletic today. Come on, let's go. Chase, you didn't have to look at me. It's okay. I've made those comments. Chase is very athletic. He's really good. But, but let's be athletic in spreading the gospel. Striving, laboring, competing, enduring. I don't know where this finds you this morning, but I'm going to pray. This altar is open. You come spend time. If you need someone to pray with you, I'm here. Other people will come. Let's stand as we pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us. God, for who you are, what you do, help us to remember that you've called us to live a life worthy of the gospel. Unified, fearless, striving and pushing on. Help us, God. Help us. Help us. Help us, God. We cry out to you. Help us because I don't know what else to do. I'm desperately dependent on you. Help us, God. Let your Holy Spirit move. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see.
you out of here real quick. Miss Becky, come right here. She just wants to say something real quick to thank the church. Mike, can I hold on to that real quick? Just, yeah, she was came with um, a heart. As you know, my um, stepfather passed away about a week ago. And um, my brothers and I and Ken and I went to go see were there last week for the funeral. But I wanted to thank everyone personally for all the the thoughts and prayers. I don't normally post things on Facebook, but I notice a lot of people sent me personal messages and texts, but also through Facebook. But what I wanted to thank you for was the church sent five Bibles in honor of my stepfather. And I, when I got the card, I knew I had to take it with us and give it to my mom. And my mom was so touched because I found out from some of the things that the priest said, my stepfather and my mom were Episcopalian, but my stepfather was always going after people that were as the lowest they could be and just needed a touch from Jesus. And so by sending those Bibles, it touched my life and my family. So I just wanted to say thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So again, uh, just thankful for you guys uh, being here this morning. I pray that we go out this week and we spread the vision of the gospel. Do know uh, that our, our new pastor, Zach, will be here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a special service that day. We want to encourage you to be here and be a part of that. It's really, 
kind of exciting. The more we talk about it, the more excited I get on what that's going to look like as, as we continue to move forward. I do want to uh, encourage you that Wednesday night meals are back. That's in your worship bulletin. We're ex- All right, Wednesday night meals are back. Hey, there we go. There we go. So, yeah, come be a part of that. Be a part of Wednesday night service. I know, I think Jason's out of town this week. You or I, one or two, or who's teaching? Somebody? Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. One of us will be teaching. Somebody will. So you come be a part. We're meeting in the, uh, in the choir room, but it's been really, really good. Student ministry as well, children's, all those things going on. But Wednesday night meals, it does make it easier, Miss Tammy, when I use an example. You just come on here instead of going home because once I go home, I, I, I want to sit there, right? So we talked about that last week. Um, anything else? Just, just to say that you mentioned uh, car riders. Yeah. What, what a blessing that is. We, uh, we've been doing it at White Sulphur on Fridays pretty much all this year. Well, Brother Bruce uh, was convicted and led to put a team together to go to Lula. And I know some of you participated in that this past Friday uh, morning. But car riders at Lula, it's, just, it's a simple thing, but what a blessing. Amen, Nelson? And the guys that meet at, uh, at White Sulphur, and now the guys that meet at Lula. But that's, that's a big that's a big deal to connect and to greet those kids, and the, it's a blessing. Yeah, the teacher's there, and if you show up Amen. and get with Mike and you go on a Friday morning to White Silver, he'll take you to breakfast and pay I for will. it. I will. I will. He will. And if you go with Bruce, he's not in here, I'm definitely going to say he'll pay for it. So, yeah, for sure. So, uh, again, little things, but there's other things we can do too. There's other things we can do in this community, small touches that help, baby steps, baby steps, but to get us going. So, awesome. Everybody good? Hearts and minds clear? Have a great day.